Hey, I want to welcome you once again to uh, this online experience uh, of Community Life Church, Church at Home. Uh, we just are so grateful that you've tuned in. Uh, I believe that uh, you'll hear a word from God today. Uh, let's, let's open up with prayer. Heavenly Father, we just give you honor. We humble ourselves before you, Lord, and, and say we need you to direct our path. We ask that you give us ears to hear today and that we would be fearless to look at our own heart issues. I ask you, Father God, that we gather together, that uh, in your midst, really, we gathering in your name and there you say you are in the midst of us. And so what we do, all of us, not just me, but everybody at home, everybody listening, Father, we yield our hearts to you. And we step into the anointing that you have for us this very day, this very hour, this very moment. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, I want to start off with a statement that uh, I think it's going to challenge the way you think. It might make uh, you feel uncomfortable, but uh, let me make this statement anyhow. We all worship something. We all worship something. Even if you're not a Christian, you worship something. First of all, we were created by God to worship. You and I, we just can't help it. Worship is love expressed. Worship is love expressed. You're showing love to something. Something is getting your adoration. And worship is a response to what we value most. It might be you. Ouch. It might be you. It, it might be your job. It might be your sports team. It could be money. It's what you adore. And let me challenge you. It is what you worship. But I want you to get this right. I really do. I want you to get this right. God doesn't mind that you have things that you adore besides him. What he has a huge problem with is that if you put these things above him, we were created, we we're designed to bring God pleasure. We're, we're designed to bring God glory and honor. He's the only one worthy of worship. And you and I need to take a look at the choices we make. What things do we give our attention to? We have to ask this question. Is God at the top of that list? Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to help us all right now, right this very moment, that give us ears to hear. Let us recognize the promptings, the issues that you're bringing up into our hearts. Father, we, we want to yield ourselves to you. You know, I maintain from, from time to time, even myself included, uh, we replace God. Uh, you see, we'll still worship God, but sometimes he's not at the top of the list. Not at the top where we give him the energy, uh, the devotion, the time, the money, the activity. Or even look at your schedule. That's how you're going to know what you really do worship. When we look at those things. And we have to be careful with what we choose. 
because what we worship is what we become obsessed with. And what we are obsessed with, we imitate. And what we imitate, we become. And if you don't like what you're becoming, uh, we need to judge what is on the throne of your heart. The Bible says that there will be an entire generation toward the end of time that would do uh, what I would call, they make a very terrible exchange, a terrible exchange. And I'm going to read out of Romans chapter 1. It's going to start off in verse 21 to 23. This scripture is talking about Christians. This is talking about people who claim to know God. They claim to be Christians. But look at this warning. Look what it says here. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man of birds, of four-footed animals, of crawling things. Now you might be saying, well, I'm safe from that one. I don't have any statues of a golden calf in my house. <laughs> but what I really want to ask is, what is on the throne of your heart? What's on the throne of your heart? See, we need to get these things right, and we're asking you, Holy Spirit, to help us. You're the spirit of truth. We can't fool you. We don't want to fool you. We want to do the right thing. So the question is, what are you giving your energy to? What are you devoted to? What takes up your time? What takes your money? What's on your schedule? Now, that's how you will know what you really do worship. I want to give you five things that we've exchanged. And let's take inventory of our heart. Let's take a look. You, you name it. Number one is this. We've all had a substitution. We've all had a substitution. You name it. it. It could be your kids, your spouse. It could be hunting. It could be football. It could be what you call success. It could even be ministry. These are good things. You're supposed to love your kids. You're supposed to love your wife as Christ loved the church. It's okay to enjoy life. It's okay to love these things, but we are not to love those things more than God. Holy Spirit, help us here. Help us. I want to read this scripture out of Deuteronomy. It's really important for us to understand this. It says this. This is God speaking. It said, you shall not follow other gods. Any of the gods of the peoples who surround you. For the Lord your God is in the midst of you he is a jealous God. What's another thing that we make this exchange from true worship? We exchange our pride. It's our pride gets in the way. Yeah. Here's an example. If, if, we, uh, if we really want to worship God, but okay, you really want to worship God, but here's what happens. You come into our, our church, and, and what happens is people then now start to think that, uh, I wonder what they're going to think of me. Uh, I wonder if I raise my hand, they're going to think I'm a fanatic. 
uh, and then you start to think, well, everybody's looking at me. It, 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 everybody's watching me. Listen, nobody's watching you. They're focused on God. <laughs> what are you worshiping at that time? Maybe yourself. <laughs> it's amazing how concerned we are of what other people think, and yet we're not concerned about what God thinks. Let that sink in. That could be anywhere you are. Let's be concerned about what God thinks. Jesus dealt with this very thing. He, he says that uh, in John chapter 12, I'm going to read it. It says this. This is really a sad scripture. It says, nevertheless, many of the rulers believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him. For fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they love the approval of man rather than the approval of God. Don't let this be true of you. Don't let this be true of anybody who calls on the name of Christ. There's another thing that gets exchanged for true worship of God. And it's, it's called hedonism. Now we need to be... Uh, aware of this term we we need to know the meaning of this term because we live in a very hedonistic society hedonism is the belief that pleasure and happiness is the goal of life you measure how you're supposed to live based on if it feels good let's do it listen carefully a person that's driven this way has no morals you have feelings you don't have any choices even. You have feelings. Have you heard it? Don't, don't judge me because this is the way I feel. It's not a great way to live because you and I know that your feelings, my feelings will lie to us. They'll lie to us. Your feelings and my feelings cannot be trusted. Now, feelings are wonderful. There's no question about it, but they've got to be put in their proper place. Amen? There's nothing better than to come into church and then recognize the presence of God as we all worship together, as we, we glorify him, as we give our hearts to him. You can't help but come into this church and recognize the presence of God everywhere, permeating this building. It, but it's not the goal to give us a feeling. It's not. We're here to give God what he deserves, and that is worship, whether you feel like it or not. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 says this. It, it says, through Jesus, therefore, and we're not going to wait for a feeling. Through Jesus, therefore, let us con continually offer God a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of our lips that openly profess his name. Sacrifice. Do you know that that's what the Christian life is about? Sacrifice? When's the last time you heard a preacher say about sacrifice? I'm going to give God worship. I'm going to give him thanks whether I feel like it or not. Sacrifice means it costs you something. That we give thanks to God whether you feel like it or not. I'm giving God thanks because he deserves it. He deserves it. 
You might say, well, I just don't worship that way. It's not my personality. Well, but it's God's personality. And what if God likes it? Another thing that has happened, in, especially in the American church, is that we've exchanged the worship for God uh, to become a spectator. <laughs> you think that just because you come to church, you're actually worshiping God, but you're watching everything that's going on? Uh, no, you just can't do that. Just coming to church does not count as worshiping God. Remember, worship is an expression it's a response to what we value most. <laughs> We're to be participants, not spectators. Worship is a response to what we value most. Now, I know we're having church at home. But if somebody recorded you over the last two weeks during the praise and worship and they zeroed in on you, and watched you, would they be convinced that you know God? Would they be convinced that you follow God? That you are passionately in love with Him? Let's let that settle on us. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us. Because we can all find ourselves being guilty in all this. But yet... God's giving us grace to change. He's bringing this message to you so that you can make the adjustments. I want you to make the adjustments before it's too late. And this is, James chapter 4 says this, come close to God. Come close to God and he'll come close to you. Some are waiting for God. You know, God has already made his move. He sent his son Jesus Christ to this earth. He displayed the love that God has for you. He went to the cross. He died for your sin debt, a debt you could never have paid. We were lost and without hope in the world, but God, who's rich in mercy, amen, rich in mercy. I want you to take a look at this in Hebrews. Let us, whose responsibility? Let us, let us draw near with a sincere heart full of assurance of faith. Now, here's the last thing. I'm talking about things that we may have exchanged from true worship. And this is the last one. And this is really, I want you to take a look at this. This is important. Tradition. Tradition. Yes, tradition can be a replacement for worship. You know, one of the things that uh, Pastor Mamie and I and, and the core team, we're looking at some things that we need to change up here at the church when we come back to gather together. We want to flow a little more in the spirit. We don't want to keep a tradition, four songs and then this and then that. But no, we want to change things up because worshiping God will affect your heart. It really will. Make sure that you don't adore your traditions more than you adore God. Am I stepping on anybody's toes here? <laughs> Jesus dealt with this very same thing. The Pharisees, the leaders of uh, the religion there, uh, came up to Jesus and said, 
Why are your disciples breaking the traditions of the elders? Well, this is what Jesus answered that. Listen carefully. Matthew chapter 15. Jesus replied, and why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Now let me give you three actions that we can take to have our hearts be more in tune with what true worship is. To really put God at the top and keep him there. Because this is what it's all about. The first one is to, I mean it, really, listen, to thank him. Sounds pretty simple. Thank him. We've become a very ungrateful society. We, we've, we, we expect people to do things for us. And listen, it's our turn to do something for others. It's our turn to love God and keep him at the top of the list. Thank him. I had a Bible instructor say that if you broke your finger, you know what? You still have something to thank him for because you have the other ones that still work. You have something to thank God for. In the book of Psalms, it says this. My soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Forever. God wants your affection and he wants you to express it to him. Number two. This is going to be, this is really important. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to deal with all of us on this. Deal with all of us. Convict us, Holy Spirit, because that is the way we'll change. We want to repent. And repent means not just change your mind. It means change your whole action, your lifestyle. Turn a 180. Offer him control of your whole life. Offer all of you, all of it. You know, partial commitment is no commitment. <laughs> we need to take our commitment to God to a higher level. Uh, not a casual show up to church Sunday, maybe two times a month. That's pretty good. No, you know, this is what people say. Hey, going to church is on my list, but it's not the, certainly not my life. Mm. I'm a, I, I love God, but, uh, you know, not when it's inconvenient for me. Judge yourself. This is what Jesus said in Mark chapter 8. He summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, Listen, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit of man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Number one was what? Thank him. Thank him. With a sincere affection. Thank him. 
Offer him total control of your life. Total control of your life. He's good. Number three, include him in your everyday life. These three things are not hard. Thank him with a sincere heart. Offer him total control of your life. Number three, include him in everyday life. I love this scripture. It's in Malachi. It says, those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord gave attention and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared the Lord, who esteemed his name. They will be mine, says the Lord of hosts. And on that day, I prepare my own possession. I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Worship can be a part of your everyday life. So what does God really want? What does he really want? He wants you to love him most. He wants you to put him at the top of the list. The very top of the list. He wants you to express your affection toward him. <laughs> he wants you to offer your total self to him. Not just you, but everything you have, too. He wants you to give it over to his control. Stop and ask yourself this question. Where is God on your list? Because if you're watching this, the, you know, the, you least have him on your list. <laughs> you're watching this. But is he at the top of the list? Well, this is what I want to declare to all you people who declare that you're born again believers. This is a time that God, without a doubt, is refining us. A lot of times, most of the time, I would say God uses difficult times to prove us. In Deuteronomy chapter 13, it says this, For the Lord your God is testing you to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Is he the top of your priority? Is he the top of your priority? You know, this time, when it's done, you cannot gain this time back. And what you did with this time is going to be vital. And what you did to help your children understand God and walk with him. All the resources that we have for you and your kids, take advantage of them. They're offered to you. And God is going to wonder, what happened? What did you do with this time? I want you to look at this scripture, especially those who are called themselves Christians, who declare that I am a Christ follower. This is in Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 12. God is saying this. It will come about at that time that I will search Jerusalem with lamps, and I will punish the men who are stagnant in spirit. We have a golden opportunity right now to get closer to Jesus. And again, one thing is for sure, we cannot get this time back. Now, honestly, I pray that the fear of God would fall on all of us who are hearing this. That we would repent and we would put the first commandment first. And this is the first commandment. I'm sure you know it. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Take an honest look at yourself. 
We at Community Life Church do not want you to become stagnant in spirit. Remember, he's been writing that book of remembrance. Those who spoke, those who honored God, those who feared him, when they spoke about the Lord, he wrote it down in a book of remembrance. I'm asking you to judge yourself. Believers, Christians, I want you to judge yourself. Are you spending the effort? Are you spending the time? Are you diligent? Are you putting God first place? Do you know, friends, there's another book that is really important to God. It's another book. And I'm speaking now to those people who haven't really given their life to Jesus. And it's called the Lamb's Book of Life. It is the most important book. Scripture declares this. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Friends, you want your name in that book. You want your name in that book. You might say, how, Pastor Steve, how do, how, do I, how do I get my name in that book? Do I get, am I a better person? Do I come and do more good works? No, you get your name written in the book by simply confessing the truth that you're a sinner and you need a savior. I want you to bow your head. I want you to pray this after me. Go ahead, just bow your head and I want you to pray this after me. Dear God, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son and I believe that he died for my sin and that you raised him again to life. I want to trust you as my Savior, Jesus, and I want to follow you all the days of my life. From this day forward, guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, let us know. We'll help you any way we can. We'd like to get some resources to you to help you on your faith journey. Because it is a journey. Father God, I'm asking you to bless everyone that heard this message today. That they would have the courage to look at their own heart and ask you for help. I ask that they would all repent. We would all repent because we all have room to repent so that we can put you first place. You are our top priority. We open our hearts to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next week. God bless you.